0: Welcome to The Nobody Guide to Life, where we provide tips and tools for personal growth, personal development in your spiritual journey that you can use right now in your everyday life. I'm J.A. Plasker. you can always find out more at thenobodyguidetolife.com. Thank you so much for joining us. So we often look to our healthcare providers to, well, do just that, provide healthcare. But what if that care was mixed with something else? A little life guidance, a little extra dose, of patience, a little more attention to how healthcare decisions and our lives intersect. Well, my guest today believes she's found the right prescription for change. Dr. Penelope Shu was an actor who made the switch to medicine because as she said, she wanted to make her family proud. But soon into her residency, she realized she was miserable. Ignoring her passion for acting finally caught up to her and she struggled with depression and confusion. And like many of us, she just felt stuck in a rut. She tried medication, therapy, church, journaling, but nothing helped. So she sought out a life coach out of desperation and her life changed. She became a believer in the power of coaching and started applying the techniques in her practice. The result, she found new ways to express her creativity and to blend her passions. She changed, her practice changed, and patients have benefited as well. It sounds like quite a journey and it can help transform not only those who practice medicine, but also what we can expect as patients. Welcome to the show, Penelope.
1: Thank you so much. That was a lovely intro.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> it's all your background. You know, we've interviewed coaches on this show before, and you come to it from such a different place. Talk to us a little bit about that journey from physician to coach and, and what happened
1: in there. Yeah, it's... um. It is an interesting journey. I, I don't know. I mean, basically what, what had happened was um, I, I hit a wall. I got really burnt out, um, which is a very common thing that docs go through and, and a lot of people go through wherein, you know, nothing felt right. So I was working, um, supposedly helping people, but I wasn't really feeling like I was making much of a difference at all. Um, and as far as like my mood, you know, I, I just felt kind of numb. Um, I was physically tired, like everything just kind of felt dead and definitely wrong. Like something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. And and as you mentioned, you know, I tried so many things, you know, I, I I thought maybe I was depressed, you know, I went on medication. I I went gluten free. I mean, I, I just, (laughs) (laughs) you name it, I tried it and nothing was really making a difference. And it was just, um, you know, I don't believe in coincidences anymore, but I met a woman who was a therapist and also a life coach. And, you know, she was giving a speech at a conference that I was at. And it was, you know, one of these very inspiring speeches. And I I ran up to her afterwards and I was like, I must work with you. I don't know what it is that you're doing, but I love it. You know, (laughs) most live I felt in like two years. Um, and, and so she took me on as a client and, um, I, I, clearly remember saying to her, you know, when she explained, like, she's a therapist and a coach and she also did some energy stuff. I was like, listen, 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 I'm a doctor, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in new age woo woo. You know, if it's not measurable and if I can't prescribe it or see it on an x-ray, I don't believe it. Cause that's the way medical training is in this country. Um, and she was very calm with me and she was like listen you've tried it your way the science way for two years you know are you willing to try something else to get you past this wall and at that point i really was you, you know and so i i trusted her and um she asked me questions that no one ever asked she saw patterns that i had never even you know become aware of until working with her and it literally was like a veil just kind of lifting from my eyes where I could finally see clearly who I wanted to be, the path that I wanted to create for myself, even if it didn't look like your typical doctor's path it it made total sense to me right. um, and it was it was like the most inspired I'd felt in years,
0: so this and, was nothing well, this was nothing you'd ever been open to before this was was no. that a that was a totally new experience for you
1: yep, yep, wow. and Throughout all of my training, you know, we had heard about. There's a branch of medicine called complementary or alternative medicine, right? Um, right, which you know includes things like uh, you know acupuncture and herbs, and 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 now it's I, now there's a new field called integrative medicine that kind of integrates nutrition and sleep hygiene, but they're all considered separate, right? Um, traditional western medicine right. they're all considered adjunct they're all considered well if everything else fails then maybe consider these right. things and that's just the training that i received and so that's what i grew up believing um, and it really wasn't uh, un- until i hit my own wall and you know quite honestly western medicine just failed me you know i mean i went on antidepressants i i tried an exercise regimen i you know um that i then started to look for again quote-unquote alternative therapies and i remember the more i learned about these coaching techniques the more indignant i became as to like why wasn't i taught this in medical school (laughs) yes you know like this stuff helps people this is life-changing stuff this can motivate people to quit smoking to lose weight you know to just take ownership of their health and their life and i know nothing about this um and so i just wanted to learn more and more and more and ultimately my coach just got really tired of me asking her questions all the time. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, she was like, um, listen, <laughs> stop picking my brain, go take a course um, because clearly you want to do this. You, you right. know, this is going to be part of your practice. Right. And, and so I did, you know, I did a lot of research on all the different coaching programs and I had a few friends that had become coaches. And ultimately I decided to go to IPEC, um, which was like in my opinion it's like the best coaching school in the world it it changed my life Um, and I just started using those tools with you know the patients that I work with I do a lot of teen health at a community health center in um, in Chinatown here in New York and I saw some really really profound changes happen Um, and I I just kind of knew like this is this is the path for me going forward. Well, before we get into that,
0: because I know there's so much interesting, I've heard a few of the stories that have come, you know, come out of of what you've been doing, applying these tools, but take us back to how, how specifically did that coach help you work through? Because I know you said you used to be, you were an actor and that it was hard for you to leave that behind. How did you work through some of those issues? What tools did you get from that coach that really opened your eyes over and over again?
1: Well, I think the first thing was challenging all of the programming, all of the messaging, you know, people call it different things that you just carry with you over the years that you just assume to be true. Right. Right. Um, You know, especially being an Asian American um, child of immigrants. I'm the first generation uh, of, of my family born here in the States. There is a tremendous story that you're told from the time you're born of you have to honor our family you have to honor our sacrifice your life must be better than ours you must go to school and Mm. achieve more be more do more than we were able to you know that's why we came here for you and so our sacrifice will only be honored if you become a doctor and anything less than that um is is like spitting in your parents face is completely trampling their sacrifice right Um, anything other than that prescribed lane that they've set for you and um and and i believed it you know i fully believed it it made sense right they gave up everything they came to a new country you know they didn't speak the language da, 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 da. of course i must honor them um right. the 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 problem is is like that you know that was no longer working for me right i was miserable right. i was absolutely miserable i was absolutely honoring them and they were thrilled but I was like literally dying inside. And so my coach really kind of pushed me to see that, you know, she was like, how are you really honoring them? If, if inside you're dying, right. (laughs) You know, and what would it look like for you to feel alive and honor them? And I think that was one of the fundamental things about coaching that I love so much is this concept of and versus "or." (laughs) Yes. You know? Yes. It doesn't have to be honor or you're a complete, you know, piece of crap. Like you can be artistic and a doctor. And wouldn't that be even more interesting? You know, would that be even more special? Um, And I had never thought of it that way. You know, I had always thought of it as either or. Um, This concept of and really, I think, changed my life. And I started just, you know, planting that seed of, okay, what would that look like? And how could I do that? Um, and, and what steps do I need to take? And, and so then it just kind of like, you know, kind of gets you thinking and gets you doing, um, towards this goal of, of really being the person that you want to be, not just what everybody else wants you to be. How did that show up
0: for you? How did that look for you as you started to live that and principle? What did Mm -hmm. that look like in your life and in reality, in real time?
1: Um, I think the first thing was, you know, I had after my residency, I had gone to L.A. um, for six years um, and I'd pursued acting during the day. And I'd worked at the emergency room um, at the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles at night. And that was sort of like the one time that I was able to sort of have an and. And when I moved back from L.A. to New York, I kind of let it go. And so by the time I had worked with my coach, it had been probably four years since I'd done anything creative. And what that first thing was, was I started taking improv classes. Hmm. Um, And, uh, and I loved it. I mean, it was scary. It was super scary. (laughs) um, I loved it. And um, from there, you know, I met obviously wonderful artists, um, and then we started collaborating together and, you know, doing skits together. And, you know, it just sort of reopened that creative side um, that I'd always had, that I had actually, you know, forged on my own several years prior, but I just let it go. And so right. that's kind of one thing that happened wherein like, I just sort of made this commitment to myself to be either always either taking a class or writing something or collaborating with someone on something creative, hmm. and uh, maybe not telling my parents about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your own personal and I it, love it. That's right. That's right. I, I, you know, it's such an important message because we all get we get so caught up in whatever we're doing, even if we're creative types, we can get so caught up in in our writing that we believe that this finishing this book is all we have, and we can neglect other things. Mm. So it works the other way too. And I love that you bring this message of and because. We really can make the time if we make the commitment. And I I, I like hearing how that worked for you in real time. I think that's very valuable advice.
1: Yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't easy, but I, and, you know, the other thing that um, my coach definitely stressed was, you know, go for the low-lying fruit first, right? I love that. Right? Like, don't, like, try to audition for a Broadway play, right? Like, take take one acting class, Right, right. Eight weeks, <laughs> one, right. you know, two hours a week, you, you know, and, and I think that was also uh, an important thing because, you know, now as a coach, I kind of see the, the, the thinking is, is one is you, you need it to be achievable, right? So that you get your win, so that builds confidence, so that you can go for something bigger and then you get right. your win and then, you know, and you go from there. If you have this wonderful inspirational moment of like, yes, I'm going to be an actor again and then, you know, you just run out to auditions and you don't get them, you know, there's a high likelihood that you'll just give up again. Right.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
1: But there's no way I wasn't going to get into an acting class, right? (laughs) You know, I mean, obviously they'll take your money.
0: (laughs) That's that's right. You know, and so many people like frustrated. Writers or whatever, they 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 find that time. They the the kids go to bed and they spend that half hour writing. That's the low fruit for them. Is I have this half hour in bed. I'm going to use it writing. That is such a valuable piece of advice for people. Is you don't write the next great American novel. You know, just get a chapter down, get a few pages out. I love that. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So how do you how do you see these tools helping your your clients, your patients? How do you bring that into your life as a doctor?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, the easiest, the lowest lying fruit for me um, in the clinical world is my teenage patients. Again, I'm a pediatrician, so most of my right. patients don't talk, um, but um, a lot of the parents, you know, have a lot of, you, you know, anxieties and things like that. And so, um, so with my teenage patients in particular, I, I love bringing coaching in. I love just sort of asking the question again, you know, what, what would you like to see for yourself? Right. um, Again, teenagers now, even if you're not, you know, from my particular background, every family has programming that they pass on from generation to generation, right? Um, And so just kind of bringing that uh, topic up of, you know, what is some of the messaging that you've been hearing that doesn't work for you? You know, all of the conflict that all teenagers have with their parents, some of it's just teen angst, but some of it really is, you know, the teen has a very different outlook of their life than yes. what their parents have for them and how do yes. you bridge that gap? Yes. Um, You know, how do we communicate better? How can you do that respectfully, right? Again, where's the and? How do you get to be your own person and still be civil towards your parents and still be grateful for everything they've done for you, but forge your own path? Um, and so, I just kind of ask those types of questions, get them thinking. I will also ask the parents those types of questions, right? You know, um, will you be okay if your child doesn't become a doctor, but, you know, becomes a hairstylist? Like what is, right. you know, what, what is the, what is the difference? You know, and really kind of asking those types of questions and just letting it sit there sometimes, you know, and, and, and the room gets a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, because there are They are uncomfortable questions. It's challenging people's perceptions of themselves and of their child and of their parent. Um, it is that kind of ripping off of the veil that, sometimes you know is a little bit uncomfortable um but providing a safe space for that right providing a space and and um offering support for teens and their parents to kind of go through that uh, again in a controlled sort of not shouting kind of way um so yeah so i ask a lot of questions along those lines of my teenagers um, and then, even for for parents, you know, just sort of gently nudging along the lines of like, you know, where where is this strong push um, for them to follow your footsteps coming from? Is it really right. I want them to have a healthy life, or is there more? You know, um, right. were you pushed to go and you know, and and just sort of asking those questions that, again, I don't know very many doctors do, um, <laughs> but I do. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, you studied at the school that our, our former guest, uh, Luke Iorio, um, is the president of IPEC. And yes. so, you know, he has a very, you know, and, and of course it would stand to reason that you have a very similar outlook on the power of these tools to go beyond sometimes just being a helpful ear. What, what, we, what you, it sounds like you're really helping people do is build structure. So you're having discussions that many people could have, but I love what you said. You're doing it in a controlled way. You're creating a structure for people, a safe place to have these kinds of conversations that they may not get in other places or for other, from other physicians.
1: Right. And then, you know, the next step from there is I'll actually, you know, create like a plan. Yes. You know? Like, okay. So if you really want to be a hairstylist, what do you need to do to convince your parents that that's. The right choice Oh, i love that is it looking up some some schools is it you know trying to get a job so you can pay for some of it is it, you know like what do you need to do again to bridge that gap and um and again starting with low-lying fruit and with teenagers you know they're obviously they're not full adults their brains aren't fully developed and so you sometimes have to kind of help with that planning which you know is fine um with my adult clients the idea is that the the client themselves will kind of create their own plan mm. but for teenagers you know you kind of have to sort of nudge them a little bit here and there um, but yeah to actually give them steps that they can follow um, and follow up and see you know did that work did that not work did they did the parents throw out that list you know what <laughs> what's, you know because that can happen sometimes um, and then just kind of partnering with them little by little step by step through that, Process. It is. N- it is not just about like touchy feely. Let's talk about it and leave inspired. But it, it gets down to the nitty gritty of step one is this, step two is this, step two yes. a is this. You know.
0: Yes. I and, and it sounds a lot like if somebody goes to the to their physician with high cholesterol or some other issue. There's a plan. There's mm-hmm. testing. There's follow up. There's how do you and I love that you bring those socio emotional tools. Into your practice and use those because I think they're they're, they're extremely powerful. I, I mean, I know you created a whole program that you called Prescription for Change. What does that program do then? For how does it take it to the next level then?
1: Well, so for pres- Prescription for Change originally was designed for the medical community. Right. right. Um, because again, there is this dearth of knowledge about any of these skills. Right. And there is a bit of a disdain towards them. So my my delusion of grandeur is, <laughs> is to bridge that gap, is to show, you know, medical administrators, physicians, um, training doctors, meaning medical students and residents, um, how these tool- what these tools are, why they're important the effects that they can have and again how do you implement them into your own practice wow. so it's like a four part course one is for like administrators who have again very different responsibilities and different you know metrics that they're using um and there's another part for practicing clinicians you know again when you're in an office and you're seeing 30 patients a day like how do you how do you squeeze these types of questions in how do you kind of come up with these plans in a 15 minute visit you know which is right not, time, right. right? For medical students, it's sort of how do you hold on to the things that make you you, even when you're working 100 hour weeks, and you don't have time to take an acting class, what can you do to create right. kind of that creative spark? If you, you know, if you love adventure, what ca- what adventures can you have, given that you're on a shoestring budget, and you're working all of the time? There are still ways, right? And it, it is sort of nudging people to become a little bit more creative, think outside of the box, um, and, and figure out how to create that and situation
0: yeah
1: so, um so that's what prescription for change originally was um the work that i've done has taken me to you know medical organizations it's taken me to you know women's groups um it's taken me to nonprofit organizations so the fun thing about coaching is that you know the tools themselves work in any environment they work right in the landscape and so the work that i do tends to be Twofold one is if I'm working with an individual client, particularly I do a lot of inner work again looking at that messaging Looking at the obstacles looking at how past failures have sort of built up a wall right. That I then think okay, that's just an impenetrable wall. I failed every single time at that There's no way I'm ever going to accomplish that, etc. Cetera, etc cetera. Um, And um, and then the other side of it is again those very practical tools stress management tools breathing you know, um, journaling, all these types of things to kind of keep yourself grounded and keep yourself connected to yourself. And then the third part is, is always the planning, the actual right. strategic planning part.
0: Right, because I, I watched some of your videos and it's very interesting and it's very engaging. And I'm wondering, how has that been received now in, your, in, in, in the medical community? How are people responding to you as a professional, knowing that you're adding this to, to your professional profile?
1: Yeah, well, I'm very happy to say that um, the feedback that I've gotten is overwhelmingly positive. Good. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's one of those things where I remember talking to my fellow pediatricians at the community health center, just, you know, giving them some really, really introductory concepts about coaching and every single one of them. And they're all like really, really smart. And they've all been practicing for a long time. They had the same response that I did initially, which was like, what are you talking about? And why haven't we ever... (laughs) before
0: right
1: um, and we could totally use some of that here we could use some stress management we could use some clarity we could use some you know breathing techniques and and why don't we uh, how come in all of these years that we've been practicing uh, we have no idea about any of this stuff um and so so yeah overwhelmingly it's been positive i think nowadays physician burnout is becoming a very very well recognized phenomenon unfortunately yeah um, you know here in new york we we lost. A medical student and a resident at NYU, they both committed suicide within like wow. three or four months of each other. Wow. Yeah. Mount Sinai, I think was it last year or two years ago, they lost a medical student, a resident, and an attending. Who someone, an attending, someone who's finished all of their training, they're out in the world, and she literally just walked out of the 30th floor of a building. Oh. You know, and so these things are hitting the news. Um, there is now a push from the ACGME, which is the graduate medical education governing body for all residency programs in the country, that every residency must now have a wellness program because they're starting to see that we're literally dropping like flies. Right. Now, physicians have the highest rate of substance abuse. We have the highest rate of s- suicide completion um, out of any of the other professional, uh, you know, professions. And so, there is an awareness now that's building. And so, I think people are more and more receptive to it now. But overwhelmingly, people are, are interested in learning about it. And then afterwards, they're like, man, why didn't we learn about this sooner? Right. And, um, and so, I think that's a good sign. Um, there are a few, you know, old-timers, so to speak, you know, who, who are just very ingrained in what they do. And, and they're okay with what they do. You know, they're not burned out. Which is right. also fine, right? If what you're doing works for you, then don't change a thing. Right. But if you're starting to feel, you know, like you're hitting a wall, you're starting to feel stuck, you're starting to feel dead, then by all means, you know, do something about it. Do something different. Why not? Right? Well, and
0: I, I think you're, there's this danger in these professions where I think people people coming up through the ranks feel like they're being held and probably are being held to a to a standard that is someone else's standard and there's this tremendous fear of i'm not doing enough or i'm letting down my mentors and i think that clamps down a lot of discussions of the need for self-care and the need for people to reach out that's why i think what you bring is so important because i've i've grown up with doctors and i've had doctors you know in training in my life my whole life and burnout is real as you said and you feel like you're always competing, always being held to the standard maybe of the old guard. So I think it's yep. really great to hear that you're trying to bring these tools front and center where they really, really need to be in a profession they really, really need to be in.
1: Yeah, it, and it is it is difficult. And you're right, the old guard is, is it's been established for so many centuries. You, you yes. know what I mean? It's a really tough culture to change. Um, and it is a big ship to turn, but, Um, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth a shot to try. I I think it is absolutely our responsibility to protect the younger docs from killing themselves from the level of stress that they're under. Right. I mean, I can't sit and do nothing about that. Um, and there are a few of us out there, physicians slash coaches. I've I've met quite, I've met like maybe three or four, um, and we're all trying to, to work in the space in our own ways, but th- there is a small, tiny movement um, that is starting to percolate. And um, I think it starts with the individual. You know, I think when you can make an impact on one individual doc, then they tell their boss and they tell their boss, you know, and eventually, I- ideally, it sort of starts to trickle out. Yes. Um, and Hopefully, even the old guard will, will see some, some value in um, not being so burnt out.
0: Well, right. And then, you you know, you don't have to give yourself over to a life calling to the point where, you know, you just want to hang up, (laughs) you know, it's, it it is possible to go into the law, to go into medicine, to go into social work, to go into the clergy. It is possible to do that and still have an and I love that theme. I love that. And so, so Penelope, all of this experience as a physician, all of this experience as a coach, what's a tip or tool that you can give us That can help us on our journeys of personal and spiritual growth.
1: I think one of the things that helped me the most was um, journaling. Yeah, and not like with a purpose. Um, I did this book called The Artist's Way. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have
0: heard of that. Yes,
1: by Julie Cameron. She's a writer and she used to teach, um, you know, creative writing like screenwriting and things like that to students and. She came up with this program, so it's designed for creative type people, but her point is that everyone's creative, right? You're always creating something, whether it's you're creating a relationship or a work product <clears throat> or a family, whatever it is, we're all creative. And she um, has this thing that she calls morning pages, which I literally have just taken from her and I use <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but the idea is <clears throat> to clear your mind. Uh, like you were saying before, it's not about writing the next great American novel. it's not maybe it's not even about writing a chapter. It's about getting rid of all the gunk that stops you from even starting right, right. And so the idea of just uh, you literally like a mind dump, ideally at the beginning of the day, um and ideally handwritten, so you you know it slows you down a little bit and literally just dumping out whatever. Comes up. It's more like a free write than a journaling with a purpose. You know, it's right. not, okay, today I'd like to write that chapter and maybe the chapter will, continue. no, no, no. It's really like, man, I didn't sleep well last night. You know, those tacos didn't sit well with me. <laughs> like literally everything that's going on, just dump it out on the page so that it's done. Right. So that your plate is clear, your mind is clear, you've gotten it down on paper. If there is a to do list, you've written it out on those pieces of paper. You know, got to get to the dry cleaner, da, da da da. Because those are the things that will block you and get in the way of you sitting down to even write a page.
0: Right, right,
1: right. I got to go to the dry cleaner. My tummy doesn't feel good. Better go make some tea, da, da 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 da. You know, better call a doctor. All of these things just kind of pile up, and you don't even realize it. Right. right? And you don't realize that. I don't want to call it self sabotage, but you don't realize how easily you can forget yourself. Right. You forget Absolutely. Right. And it just becomes a list of errands, a list of things to keep you busy that literally distract from spending any time on yourself and figuring out what your and is going to look like. Right. And so um, I really recommend doing this sort of journaling, ideally at the beginning of the day, handwritten anywhere from one to three pages. Right. And just dumping everything out, (laughs) and starting your day fresh, you know, to do list done. You know, you've journaled about your tummy ache, like da, da 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 And it's amazing how when you're done journaling, your tummy won't hurt anymore. Right. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's fascinating. There are mornings where I'll be like, man, my back really hurts. I didn't sleep good. And then after three pages, I'm like, hmm, my back feels fine. <laughs> okay. You know, and off you go. So it's um, it's a really great practice that I, I think brings a lot of clarity. And it paves the way for the creativity. It paves the way for the inspiration it clears out all of the obstacles that are getting in the way of it.
0: Thank you for that. Because I think sometimes we, we think of journaling as this isolated tool where we, we pick like what's the meaning of the universe and we start to write. But it, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be a gateway to even, in even greater creativity. So thank you so much for that.
1: Yeah. Low-line fruit. low yes. fruit, right? Just clear the gunk out first.
0: I love it. And that brings us to the end of this episode of The Nobody Guide to Life. Thank you, Dr. Penelope Shu, for being on the show. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. This is so much fun.
0: Well, fantastic advice. And I want to remind our listeners, the prescription for change is whatever suits you best. Lots of people have lots of answers, lots of diagnoses and prescriptions for us when we feel stuck. But in the end, we don't need another person's medicine. We have to accept the cure for what ails us as individuals searching for wellness and peace on a road meant just for us. You can find out more about Penelope and her practice at guidingclarity.com. The link will be in our show notes at thenobodyguidetolife.com. And you can always check out more episodes at thenobodyguidetolife.com. Reach out to us on Twitter and Facebook at Nobody's View or join the Facebook community, Simple Spirituality. If you liked what you heard on this episode, please consider sharing it with someone you know. Keep practicing and have a good week.